You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition of a Blog and the Boys Roundtable here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. I am Jess Navarez here with two Blog and the Boys goats, if you will. We have Tom Ryle and Danny Phantom. How are you gentlemen doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. Uh, you know, I appreciate the, you know, the goat reference. You obviously must be talking about Tom. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I... I this is kind of the way preseason's supposed to go. I think, you know, after this long layoff, we kind of forget a little bit and we start to get excited and we expect to see good things. And then we're quickly reminded that we're not going to see very many good things. So in that regard, I think I am, you know, okay. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing all right. Um, I, I came, my, my only disappointment is that, you know, I came into the game with low expectations and they failed to meet those. So, you know, I, I'm like you. Uh, Cowboys have a tendency to start slow in preseason anyway. Um, I just really didn't expect to see some of these things be quite so bad. Uh, but, you know, just like just like them, we're all getting into uh, our shape for the regular season. So, you know, we're off to a good start. Uh I'm glad to see some of the new things coming up, like the this uh, post-game roundtable idea. I think it's a good thing. I'm thank Jess for hosting it for us, and you know, let's you know get into a little bit about what happened, uh, what we saw out there. Yeah. So if you all were lucky enough to miss the game, uh, the final score was 17-7. Of course, the Cowboys did not come up with a win on this one, but there was plenty of takeaways. And gentlemen, I'm going to let you all get into this because they weren't very positive. Right. So let's start with uh, what you think is the biggest takeaway we saw from this game and what it means for the team. Well, I'll start because I don't want Tom to steal my answer, but uh, I mean, there, there are kind of two two that really, um, you know, get under my skin here, but I think the most critical of the two is um, we got a problem uh, with our reserve tackle situation. Uh, I think it was pretty much just dreadful. I mean, I was hoping for a, a nice showing out of uh, Josh Ball and, uh, you know, we didn't get that. And, and of course, you know, there was, there was penalties galore and, Again, something to be expected in the first preseason game. But, you know, every time I saw, you know, you know, how I heard, you know, number 75, number 75, and, you know, it was, it was, it was hard. Um, and, you know, we, we need, we need something more from our swing tackle. And, you know, the Cowboys certainly didn't get that. So to me, I mean, and I, I've kind of felt this way probably for about 10 days now. I mean, after kind of seeing that we're really not getting what we need from, from our backup tackles. I think that's time to put up the bat signal and, and, and bring in a veteran. And 
I don't know. Um, that's so I'm a little unnerved about that. You know, that that's probably my biggest uh, biggest takeaway from the game. Tom, what about you? Yeah, it, for me, I'm just gonna go back. Uh, I harped on it on my write up. Uh, the penalties were just absolutely unacceptable. Seventeen penalties, uh, 129 yards. Uh, just absolutely killed drives at times, and you know. Cooper Rush was, was struggling anyway, and the penalties just kind of helped bury him in the hole. Uh, you know, Ben DiNucci came in and finally got them on the board, but he had to overcome some penalties along the way to do that. So that to me is, is like, okay, Mike McCarthy, you told us you were going to fix this. What are you going to do now? Um, you know, uh, if he doesn't come in and just rip some hide off of some players uh, in the next meeting, or if he hadn't already done it in the locker room, uh, you know, he, he's got to do something. And I don't know what it is. I have no idea what the answer is when you had a problem year after year after year that keeps trying seeing to crop up. If not every year, it's at least every other year, it seems like. Uh, why can't you answer this? These are professional football players. They ought to know their job. They ought to know how to, to not get flagged so much. And that was just disturbing. Uh, now, I do have something I want to say about uh, Dan's concern because he's right. But there might be a tiny glimmer of hope there uh, because I saw a comment made that Isaac Alarcon was in playing tackle. Uh, which seems to be they, the Cowboys have have redirected what they're going to do with him because uh, the, the report was they were going to work him at guard, but they've moved him back out to tackle. He came in, he didn't get flagged, and, you know, he was part of the, the Ben DiNucci drives that finally got moving down the field. So, you know, if the answer is, on the team for swing tackle, it might be a surprise name that nobody was really expecting. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, going back to your point of the lack of discipline, it seems like with the Mike McCarthy culture, I want to ask both of you, is that a coaching thing? Is that a player thing? Where are your mindsets when it comes to that specific issue on the penalties? Because as we know, the Cowboys had the most penalties in the NFL last season and doesn't look like they're off to a good start uh, this preseason, at least. So where is your mind with that? And what do you think the issue is? Do you think it's a front office issue? Do you think it's a coaching issue? Where where do you think you even start to address that issue? You know, and, and Tom will attest to this too, is, you know, I, I, I'm never going to squander an opportunity to uh, take a shot at Mike McCarthy. Um, however, believe it or not, I'm actually going to come to his defense tonight. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, it was bad. And, you know, there are definitely some issues and, and some concerns and they got to clean that up. But, but, Let's just take a step back. And I mean, we, we've been listening to this team. You know, you were talking about, you know, a drinking game about, you know, to them in the press conference about opportunities and opportunities. Well, that's what they're doing. They're, they're giving all these guys these opportunities. So there's a lot of young players out there and, you know, they're going to make mistakes. I'm not saying that that's an acceptable thing, but that does come with the territory. And I guess I'm not going to be too critical of McCarthy when you have, you know, Hendershot, not being where he's supposed to be and you got like uh, Avante Collins or whatever and you just got I me mean, I don't 
it's not worrisome to me right now. It's yeah, it's not great. You'd obviously like it to be better, but I'm not like, you know, this would be a great chance for me to just, you know, say, well, Mike, Mike, Mike McCarthy's got to go. What is he doing? You know, just here we go again. But I mean, I want to be realistic and I, I don't, I don't see that just so to me. Uh, it's sloppy, but I'm not like overly concerned about, you know, the, the influx of penalties tonight. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's not just something of a culture issue about this. Um, and, you know, I guess that would kind of put it back in McCarthy's court. But when you've got so many players making so many mistakes, uh, you know, Dante Fowler, I think, drew a penalty. Uh, and, and, you know, he's a veteran. He ought to know better out there. Uh, but, you know, they're just, there just seems to be something in the air that needs to be cleaned up. And I think ultimately it may come down to the players needing to start holding each other accountable on this stuff. Um, I, I don't know how you get that accomplished, but it's, it's obviously a problem and, and the Cowboys need to start turning over every rock they can to find a fix. Um, now, if you want to look at something positive, while we were doing our uh, our thing on Twitter, I can't remember what that's called. Jess, help me out. What's that called? Twitter space. Our Twitter yeah. space, which went yeah. very well after a little trial and error on our end. <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, the uh, Tony Catalina brought up the fact that he he saw you know a positive with uh, the running backs, and I actually went and looked and pulled up the stats from the game and, you know, just crunch, looking at some raw numbers. I think that the running game is as much a reflection of what the offensive line is doing blocking. And it surprised me that the Cowboys averaged five yards a carry. Uh, and I was really expecting that they were going to have to let the passing game carry in because I didn't think the running game was going to work out. But the running game actually served them better than the passing game did for the most part of the game. And on the flip side, they shut down the Broncos on the ground. Of course, the Broncos were doing pretty well throwing the ball at times, so maybe they just didn't need to run. But still, when you hold the opponent to 39 uh, rushing yards, the guys up front are doing something good. And I think, you know, like Quentin Bohanna may be staking a claim to that nose tackle job we've kind of been wanting the Cowboys to have. So, uh, you know, the Cowboys have said they're going to have to rely on the running game. And as much as I hate to admit it, this may have been some evidence that that may be a viable path forward to them uh, uh, in the in the opening go. And besides, we don't have Dak Prescott. We don't have the, you know, Brown and C.D. Lamb out there. Uh, you know, we don't have Ezekiel Elliott, so we don't really know what it's going to, to, to be like when we get the, the starters all out there. But there may be some hope, even with the problems on the offensive line, that they may be able to do something in the running game to help the Cowboys have a way to, to address things. Definitely. And something I wanted to ask both of you is going into this preseason, a big concern or area of concern, I should say, was the wide receiver group. How do you think they played tonight? And if there was one standout player, who do you think it was and how come? Well, 
you know, it was really it was really challenging to evaluate those guys, especially early. You know, I mean, Cooper, Cooper Rush was he was he was a little off early on. I I thought it didn't seem like he was his choices he was making. You know, Tolbert was was covered a lot, uh, so it was really tough for me to tell if this was if if uh, Jalen was not creating separation or if you know um, Cooper was just th- you know throwing in the, in the coverage. So. It was kind of hard to tell. I, I will say, you know, I, we got to see Dennis Houston make a make a catch. I think I don't know how many targets he got. Maybe that was the only one. I don't know. But so I mean, that was good. You know, Fioco obviously had the touchdown at you know late. I mean, that was that was good. I, I just don't know that the Cowboys' offense really um, put them in a good spot to to for us to tell. Um, I, I guess so. It's 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 kind of a little bit of an incomplete to I me. Mean, that was. One of my concerns when I heard that Greer was not going to be playing and it was just it's going to be, you know, split between Russian and Danucci and that is that we wouldn't be able to see uh, see enough from the receivers. So to me, it, I'm kind of, you know, it's a, it's an incomplete for me. I mean, I, I still feel like Tolbert's got it. You can kind of see I think he did have one drop. It was a kind of the pass was contested, maybe deflected. I don't know. Um, but I mean, he seemed like he was OK doing all right. But. Just, you know, I was hoping maybe he'd have a little better game, but I don't think that he got the opportunities really. So I guess still it's it's a little bit of an unknown for me. I'm I'm not I don't think any worse or better about the Cowboys receivers. Okay. So it's a little to be determined as time continues on. Yes. Okay. We love that. Tom, what about you? What it made me feel better about was the tight end group. Uh, they actually were better than the wide receivers. You know, Ferguson yeah. was uh, the leading receiver on the night with three catches for uh, 29 yards. Uh, uh, you know, Hendershot was pretty good uh, out there. Uh, he, he had a couple of big catches. And even though Jeremy Sprinkle might not have been a standout, he still tipped in two catches for 16 yards. Uh I just felt the, the the tight ends were a bit more reliable than the wide receivers. And when you throw Dalton Schultz into the mix, that may be part of how the Cowboys address this uh, in giving CeeDee Lamb and hopefully Noel Brown some help out there. So I'm, I'm not terribly concerned about the situation. I do think that Fajoko showed something, uh, you know, especially on the touchdown catch. They didn't go at Dennis Houston uh, very much. He only had two targets, but he did have one very nice catch. So, you know, we'll we'll have to see how that works out. Uh, so I think I think that's still very much a work in progress, but in a not concerning way. I think they've got some some potential there, and I think that it's it's a matter we have to look at the receiving core, not the wide receiver. And I think as a whole unit, the receivers uh, offer us a little bit of hope that they've got something they may be able to build on, uh, you know, and, and one of the, you know, Dan mentioned how he was, uh, how he wished that, that uh, Will Greer had been available and I'm right there with him. I would love to have seen how Will Greer did. Uh, Cooper Rush did not help his case at all and may have put his spot on the roster in real jeopardy. Now he's, you know, will hopefully get a couple of games to bounce back, but you know, it's a case where Greer 
moved ahead by just standing on the sidelines, in my opinion. Yeah, I wanted to, to say something about this, and I don't know if if this is going to be talked about too much. And you guys can tell me if you agree or not. You know, we didn't we didn't see Greer. Obviously, we were probably going to see him next week. We hope. So let me ask you this: What? How are you going to feel if Greer comes out and he's kind of like, man, not really any better, and all of a sudden the Cowboys aren't showing anything at all at at the backup quarterback spot? I mean, is that something that would would concern you because after seeing Cooper today, I, I mean, I had no expect, expectation of Danucci. He actually played better than I would have expected. You know, thought he would have played. But if this if this is what we're dealing with with our number two quarterback, this is kind of a concern to me. But I don't know. Are you, are you guys at all worried about that? Oh yeah. When I was watching uh, Cooper Rush really not doing much in that first half, I was really right there with you saying maybe we're not giving as much attention as we should be to the backup quarterback position because I mean, Hey, we hope all of uh, all of our players stay healthy, but with Dak, especially we've seen what happens when he goes down. So um, I, I think just as a peace of mind sort of thing, I would feel better if, uh, we had a backup quarterback that could go out there and, and produce. And, you know, uh, Ben Nucci came out and and he obviously scored the only touchdown of the night, but he still wasn't great. Right. I, I don't think it was much of a competition. It, it He had some better moments, but I don't think it was anything that shows he's uh, ready for the QB two position. So I think it is more concerning than we initially thought. I think that's a position that, uh, is honestly going to be as competitive as the kicking situation. And I think the kicking situation got a lot of the headlines and the spotlight, but I think it's just as competitive. And, and I think uh, very much so, like I said, with the kicking situation, any slip up could really cost these guys that roster spot and that job. So I'd be interested to see uh, what Cooper Rush does going forward because he did not have a good night. And like you said, he didn't help his case at all. Yeah, and, and if Greer uh, also stumbles coming out then the cowboys and specifically one stephen jones are going to have to face the fact that they're going to have to dip into the free agent market um you know there's uh going to be a lot of quarterbacks hitting the market as teams uh make their cut downs and there seem to be some teams out there based on the preseason action that have a little depth at the quarterback position uh that's the you know the quick solution that teams sometimes have to rely on and the Cowboys may get backed into a corner and have to go that route. Definitely. Definitely. And so my last question for you all, who was your MVP for the night and who was your LVP for the night? And of course, give us the reasons why and all of that good insight. So I'm going to, you know, it's really hard to single out, an individual player for, for either of these. So I'm, I'm kind of going to kind of pair these up a little bit. Uh, the, the, the one thing that I was pleased with, and I, I don't know how meaningful it is, but I thought it, as you, you guys were talking about earlier, you know, the running game, you know, was looked pretty good, especially second half. You, you saw those guys. Well, I think it was, um, Oh my goodness. It was uh, Malik something and Davis. Sham, shampoo guy i don't even know what that guy's other guy's name is shamprinkle yeah. Sham i don't know Sham, okay anyway anyway so <laughs> so i mean they ran well and but but, but i want to credit i want to give credit to the interior the backed up interior line 
and I haven't looked at the tape, so I don't really know who deserves the credit, but I know you got Matt uh, Farniok there and you got Alex Lindstrom there and I, uh, Braylon Jones too. And he got called for penalty. He's the tape I've watched him last year was not overly impressive, but so you had those guys and, you know, maybe you got uh, um, Isaac too. But so I, I will say that I thought the blocking of those backups, uh, especially in the run game was, was good. So I kind of would give them, you know, collectively are, are my, are my, you know, MVP, maybe a shout out to, to Brett Maher. Uh, I know Jess likes, would like to hear that. Cause oh, <laughs> love that. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't mess up. He, he, I mean, he booted that one out. I mean, that was something, I guess. I, but, I did. He, I did you? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I bet you were happy about that. I would. Uh, I'm not going against the guy, but he's just not my favorite. <laughs> well, you know what? We just need someone to do. That's something what I'm saying. Or, you know yeah. what? He made it and we're on a good note as far as the kicking situation. He made it. That's all we asked of him tonight. And he did his one job. So I'm yeah. happy with him right now. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, that's something for, for my least valuable. Again, I'm going to, I'm going to have a, make it a collective effort and I'm going to go with the, the backup corners. Um, I, I think all three of them, neither of them played well. I mean, I think, I think Nashawn Wright, you know, you know, he's a fellow uh, Oregon State Beaver, so I really root for this guy. I really want him to be good, but I just, I just think that he's there's too much separation with him. You, you'll see him just like being way too far off, you know, and he'll he'll close well, but he's just still he's late, and so he's always just away from the play. Uh, he's got the length, but that doesn't help him when he's that far away. And then then on the other side, you got uh, Kelvin Joseph, who he'll be closer and he'll. He'll be on top of the guy, but he doesn't have the length. You know, of course, he got the, um, you know, scored on in the, in the Enzo, which that, you know, he's not your ideal coverage guy in, in that situation. But so neither of those guys played well. Uh, Bland was, I mean, I, I, you know, he had a nice hit one, you know, and it looked, he was okay in a couple of plays, but then he also, same kind of thing, just not where he's supposed to be. So all three of those guys, I figured there would be like at least one, maybe two that would maybe, show out and then it just the other one would be left you know the odd man out sorry don't got a roster spot for you but now i i couldn't even tell you who that's going to be and everyone will point to kelvin joseph because of the draft pedigree but uh you know i don't know honestly between those guys i i mean i'm almost wondering if maybe cj goodwin is our best backup corner i don't i mean i really don't know all three of those guys disappointed me today so they share my least valuable player I, I'm going to have to disagree with Dan because I, I actually looked at the corners for both my least valuable and most valuable. I thought Nashawn Wright had the worst game outside of penalties of any of the players on the field. But Deron Bland, I mean, he he had five tackles, four of them solo, and he was making ta- he was making good tackles. Uh, he was helpful in the running game. And I don't think he was getting beat up nearly as bad as Wright or as bad as Kelvin Joseph was in coverage. So I thought he really, he is probably going to be challenging uh, Wright for whether he even stays on the the roster. Uh, You know, I don't know how deep they'll go at corner, but if they go with five, you know, they're going to keep Kelvin Joseph. And I think Bland might have, taken a major step towards beating outright if they only keep five corners on the roster. So, you know, we saw that a little bit differently. I noticed that the announcers uh, for the uh, local thing, I, I guess you probably didn't get the, the local coverage. They were 
talking up Bland quite a bit during the game. Uh, you know, and so I listened to Babe Laufenberg a lot about that kind of stuff and Bill Jones, and they, they liked what they were seeing from him. Well, definitely all good stuff from you both. Any last minute things you want to throw in overall about uh, what we saw or something you're looking forward to seeing going into this week of training camp? You know, I'm looking to see us sign a veteran swing tackle. Um, if, they, if they don't pull that off by the end of the week, I'm going to feel very uneasy about this. I, I mean, I've, I've given this team, you know, my faith, the front office, my faith, because they've, to me, they've earned it. I mean, but I, I'm just really worried about this one area and I just don't know what they're seeing that, that the rest of us are not. And, uh, you know, I'm all, all for giving the young guys chances and I, and okay, they've done that, but now it's time to get serious. And, and I really think they got to make a move. So that's what I want to see. I want to, I just want to feel better about, about the, the swing tackle spot because I mean, we, our offense will go nowhere if Dak is on his back and that will happen if uh, we have to rely on Josh ball or, or whoever, I don't know. So that's, that's what I want to see. Yeah. My last thought is really just, if it is preseason, we tend to read too much into preseason we read, tend to read too much into preseason games. The Cowboys have gone 0-4 back in the day when they still had four preseason games and gone on to have very successful, or at least get into the playoffs. So the fact that their struggle, especially in the first preseason game, is not a sign of definite impending doom. Uh, there's plenty of things to be concerned about, lots of stuff for the team to work on, but it's preseason. The games don't count. I would not, I am one of the people that would not be disappointed at all if we'd never see Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, a lot of the stars of this team, and even some of the just solid starters that we know are going to have jobs. If they never see a snap at preseason, it's not going to hurt my feelings at all because the biggest concern in preseason is injury. I think the Cowboys got out clean. Uh, I saw that uh, Lindstrom, uh, Matt, I think it's Matt's first name, Lindstrom uh, did uh, get nicked up a little at the end, but I didn't hear how uh, Alec was doing. Uh, if that was okay, I guess we'll hear more about that. So if they got out without any significant injuries to their backups, that's a plus. And Obviously, none of the starters got hurt so because they weren't out there. So uh, to me, that's always the biggest objective in preseason. You know, they've, they've at least accomplished that much so far. Yeah, definitely not good when you see even the uh, guys going down in training camp, much less during a preseason game. So you want to see them healthy and, and get through the preseason. So I'm right there with you. I don't want to see any of the starters take one snap during preseason. I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to see any of that. But thank you, gentlemen, so much for joining us for the special edition of uh, Belogging the Boys Roundtable. You can keep up with us on all things social media. And we will be back tomorrow morning with plenty to talk about about the Cowboys and Broncos preseason game. Y'all have a great rest of your day.